welcome back for the 10th time to the road to D1, everybody. We made it to the big number 10. We've hit double digits. Wow, we did it. I'm very proud of us. And we've had 10 guests on this show at this point, and not a single one has been a flop. They have all been amazing. All the way back from Aiden to talking to Kent to talking to Danny and now talking to our latest guest. Mr. Blake Windred, the professional golfer from Australia. Who would have thought when we first started this, we'd be talking to pros, not only pros, but pros 16 hours away. 16 hours 16. away. Insane. Um, and so unfortunately, though, that does mean for some of you Josh fans, one, are you okay? Do you need help? Two, Unfortunately, he's not really going to be on this episode too much except for the, you know, the little intro outro type of thing, because Josh could not stay up late enough to be in the same time zone that we recorded in. It was it was rough for Josh. Yeah, I was I was very disappointed when I couldn't make it, but it's part of having to get up at 430 every morning and make sure that I can just do my best every day. But from what I heard. We had a great episode with an amazing guest host as well. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So don't worry. Just because Josh is not there doesn't mean you have to listen to my voice the whole time. We do have a guest host, and her name is Emma Singleton. Uh, we'll have her Instagram in our episode description, so you guys can go follow her. She's amazing. She's literally the biggest golf aficionado I have ever met. This girl always watching golf. And so she was literally the perfect guest host to have on this episode. Yeah, she asked the best questions to one of the best guests we've had, and it just made for a great episode, a really great episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we don't want to make you guys wait too much longer to hear this, so let's just jump right into the episode. All right, everybody, please welcome to the podcast professional golfer, Blake Windred. How are you doing today, Blake? I'm going very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Um, anytime. Thank you. And then alongside myself today, we actually have a different voice than Josh. It's going to be Emma, our resident golf expert. Hi. Alrighty, let's jump right into it. So Blake, do you mind telling us about like when and where you started playing golf? Yeah, so basically I grew up um, right next to a golf range in Newcastle, uh, two hours out of Sydney. And um, yeah, ever since I could walk, dad's just had me over at the golf range um, as a toddler, um, just hitting, hitting my little five wood. So uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. And um, yeah, pretty lucky that golf range was behind my house. <laughs> That's awesome. So you'd say your dad has definitely like been your biggest factor in playing golf as a kid? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think playing golf especially um oh I feel like anywhere especially in Australia anyway as a young kid it was definitely um not the you know not the norm uh, normal sport to play you know so it was uh I'm very lucky that dad was able to drag me along to the to the golf range while he was uh trying to get some practice in and I would obviously just uh yeah, I, I guess I've just done that ever since I could remember. Uh, I don't remember not playing golf, so I'm, uh, I'm thankful that I got into it at an early age anyway. Did you play any other sports growing up, you know, rugby or anything like that? Yeah, so I, I actually played soccer from 
maybe like six years of age to 12 or six years to 11 maybe and um yeah i've always played i played a little bit of uh touch rugby and and stuff like that in schools and a little bit of basketball in school and stuff like that but um yeah i've always uh always played golf and once I actually got to 11 years of age, um, as much as I actually love soccer, um, dad always told me I had to make a decision. And, um, you know, at 11, at under 12s, I actually uh, decided to just go full-time golf and, you know, just really um, practice pretty much every day after school. Um, and, and that was, uh, yeah, another decision I'm very uh, grateful for. That's actually what I was just about to ask you about is like, how did you start getting competitive at golf? Like, obviously, like you were out there practicing and stuff. But as a kid, how do you find like tournaments and places to really improve your game and compete? Yeah, so we were very lucky, actually. Um, we had the Jack Newton Junior Golf Foundation, which is very similar to the um, AGGA, is it? Um, American Junior Golf Foundation. Yeah. Um, so pretty much we had like a schedule of tournaments, right, to play in and um, from a young age, from pretty much under 11s till um, obviously until you turn 18. So, um, yeah, we had a pretty packed schedule actually and dad always used to, uh, dad or mum, used to, you know, take me along to them on the weekends and um, really got a feel for competing. And, um, yeah, it, it was good. Obviously, um, having quit soccer at the time, slowly progressing into competitive golf was it was kind of different because I'm coming from a team sport into an individual sport it was um it was pretty awesome actually um yeah it's I I still draw back on them experiences I had as a kid you know in professional events too what's that like for your confidence as a kid playing such an individual sport you know where like the pressure is always on yourself do you think that affected your confidence at all with that um I think it taught me to be, um, yeah, well, just a lot more, you know, um, you know, responsible and independent. Um, in soccer, I was able to, you know, um, if I was to stuff up, I can, you can kind of blame it on a few people and, and um, you know, hand your kind of um, mess over to the boys. But um, in golf, um, yeah, it's just all on you. And that's the kind of, that's the thing I actually really like about it is that, if you, uh, you know, you make a, make a really cool putt or a 30-foot putt to win a tournament, it's all on you. And if you uh, miss a three-foot, you know, putt, um, you know, in a tournament, it's all on you. There's no one else you can blame. So um, I, I really, I really like that. And uh, I like that discipline. It's, it's really, uh, you know, taught me a lot about that. So how did you, did you play uh, golf in high school? Um, yes, I played golf in high school. Um, there wasn't too much of a program where I was from. Uh, I think I was actually the only kid in, in my high school to actually play golf. So it was a little bit different, but um, I was able, we usually had, we had sport every Wednesday uh, after lunch kind of thing for the rest of the day. And at maybe like year eight, I was able to actually go go to the principal and just like get a handwritten letter and just kind of say I'm practicing like give me a kind of a leave pass to just go and practice for the rest of the, the day and in year eight I was pretty pumped to do that so I only went to school for like half a day I was like I was stoked with that <laughs> that's oh yeah that must be a dream for a kid um 
So what did you do? How did you progress your golf game after you finished high school? What was the next step for you? So when I finished high school, um, actually towards the end of high school, I actually, um, look, I, I actually missed a fair bit of high school uh, with, you know, traveling and playing tournaments. So um, obviously had to, you know, um, keep my grades up and stuff to, you know, you know, get pass marks and all that kind of stuff. But uh, while traveling, um, I feel like I transitioned quite well out of what we call um, the HSC, so our last year of high school certificate kind of thing, um, into basically going um, to, uh, I remember, remember my first year out of high school, I flew to basically Arizona for a World Junior tournament and then flew from there to Scotland at St. Andrews for a couple of massive tournaments um and then back to the states you know for for another two months so it was like it was actually um straight out of high school i pretty much went straight into the kind of the elite amateur tournaments and um yeah i had a little bit of success but i kind of felt like i nearly got put in my place a little bit straight out of high school um you know competing against the the best amateurs in the world um you know on different in different conditions on different courses, you know, while trying to, you know, um, maintain your, basically you just your health, you know, just having traveled around the world and sleeping in different beds and uh, eating different foods. So um, I, I was a little bit disappointed with my last couple of events in America as I came home, but um, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I kind of went through that a little bit because um yeah, obviously the next couple of years I was able to go go out there and, um, you know, play some good golf overseas and, and, you know, slowly get my name out there, you know. Yeah. How was your family able to be a support system for you while you were overseas? And, you know, obviously it sounds like you were struggling a little bit. Where, how were they able to be there for you? Yeah, they were, they've always been awesome. Um, you know, without them, 100% wouldn't be where I am right now, you know, because um, my my parents have um, yeah, sacrificed a lot and supported me a lot um, and, you know, financial support as well. So um, when I was overseas, um, it's actually, it's pretty good these days. You know, you can just, um, you know, other than the time zones, you can just FaceTime, you know, I was just FaceTiming mum all the time and, and dad and my sisters, um, anyone back home really. So it kind of doesn't feel like you're too far away from home. So I haven't, I haven't really um, struggled that much with like homesickness or anything. Like I can go away for a while, but um, I think uh, when you, if if you're not playing well and you're overseas, then it, it gets a little bit tougher. <laughs> but something you need to deal with as a professional golfer, um, there's going to be just plenty of weeks of the year um, in in the next. Uh, well, for the rest of my career where you kind of struggle and you just kind of got to really soak it up and enjoy it and, and take the lessons from all them weeks of, uh, you know, grinding it out on tour. Yeah, it sounds like some really good lessons learned. And so you actually ended up making it into the top 10 for amateur golfers in the world, it seems, from our research. How do you find yourself, like, getting yourselves into these tournaments and just moving yourself up the ranks? Like, how does that really work, becoming a ranked amateur golfer? Yeah, so... Basically, when I was, I must have been about 16, 17, I won a junior event and I'm, I, I think I got a world ranking that way. 
I probably started out about 500 in the world, um, which actually wasn't too bad for just starting out and slowly got it down to like 300 after I won this uh, world junior event. And then, um, you know, progressing through playing more and more tournaments, it just slowly comes down. Uh, and then I still remember um, actually on my old phones and stuff, I have all screenshots of, I always used to screenshot it every, um, every time it would drop. And I still remember it, you know, cracking the top 200 in the world. I was like so pumped. And, and then you bring it inside, like I uh, got it down to 120 and I, I was just so happy. And, and, you know, you play a few professional events. That's another way of really um, getting good ranking points against the pros. And then um, after I played well in, um, yeah, so I got inside the top 100 in the world. And then I played well in European tour event, um, the Victorian Open in Australia and uh, finished like 11th or 12th there. And then um, all of a sudden you're in the top 50 in the world. And that's where you need to be if you want to, you know, get into the US amateur uh, and all the biggest amateur tournaments in the world. So um, after that, I, yeah, I just kept kind of doing the same thing. And, you know, um, basically uh, right up until um, the Asian amateur last year in China, uh, which was my last event as an amateur, it just, um, I feel like you you improve obviously as a, as a player and I feel like my results just kept kind of climbing up, you know, up the leaderboard. And um, as, a, as a result of that, you know, my ranking just slowly dropped. So it wasn't so much, you know, um, focusing on that ranking. Um, I feel like it was just, you know, keep working hard and uh, play good golf and that just takes care of itself. Um, I guess that's like as a pro, um, you know, money-wise or on the order of merit, you know, if you just work hard and play good golf and stick to your guns, um, you, you may not have to worry about money or anything like that. So, And um, how is the transition from Australian golf to European go golf? Like, how is that different? Um, it is a little bit different. I haven't played... Um, you know, a full season over there yet just because of COVID. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I do feel like it's, it is a little bit different. Um, but in saying that, you know, in Europe, the stereotype for us Aussies is like Lynx golf, St. Andrews, no trees or anything. But in saying that I played in Austria and um, it was just like, it, it was just like America. It was soft, um, lush green, grass um tight tree line long rough so it's it's a there's a variety of uh you know layouts over in over in europe and um yeah it's that's that's what i like about it i feel like playing starting off in europe will uh you know help me develop my game before i'm able to obviously um play in america that's that's the that's the end goal yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite course that you've played on so far? My favorite course would be I played Pebble Beach in the USM, US Amateur. And um, yeah, that was just, um, it was pretty, it was just unreal, to be honest, because like I'd played it on video games and, and that kind of stuff. And then to obviously qualify for that week and then turn up and, and just see how perfect, uh, you know, the, the greens were the rough was just so long and 
it was a, it was just such a tough course. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. I, I really, uh, yeah, just really embraced that. I enjoyed that week so much and um, got a few few little uh, Instagram videos. So it was, it was so it was so nice. Had to take some. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a course that even I have heard of with my golf knowledge <laughs> novice. Um, so you made the transition from amateur to pro golf, and I believe October of 2019, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so what's that like official transfer like and what does that really mean for you? Um, yeah, it did it did mean a lot. Um, obviously turning pro, that's that's what I wanted to do uh, my whole life since I was a kid. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was kind of crazy because how it worked out was I was playing the Asian amateur in China and if I as if I won, I would be playing the U.S. Masters at Augusta and the British Open, right? And um, if I came second or anything else, any other result other than winning, I would uh, basically turn pro the next day, straight after the tournament. So uh, I felt like I went into that week in China, like just a kind of a pretty, um, felt like a pretty relaxed, but um, yeah, determined attitude you know I was like it was like a, a win-win for me um and I, I ended up I shot like nine under first round and played some great golf and I led for three of the uh you know three days out of four and then actually um I didn't finish the way I wanted on the last three holes so I um wasn't able to lift the trophy but um it was still a win um the next day I was able to turn pro and uh move into professional events and and um, actually, like, earned my first paycheck, which was pretty cool because I've never, uh, definitely, like, never had money or worked or anything. So it was good to, um, you know, try and slowly uh, just support myself and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, pay my parents back one day. <laughs> That's awesome. That's got to be a great moment for you. Um, and so obviously since, I mean, you're just finishing up your rookie year uh, as a professional golfer, that year has been plagued by a global pandemic. Um, how has that really made a difference for you? And how have you been able to like keep yourself mentally and physically in shape to play golf? Yeah, so I guess when COVID was hitting, uh, we played four tournaments at the start of the year. And my last tournament, New Zealand Open in Queenstown, um, I... I just didn't think flying home that would be the last big tournament for, you know, 2020. Um, so I was listening to, I love listening to podcasts and I was uh, listening to a few podcasts over, over your way in the States. And um, they were actually talking about how it's first off, they were joking about coronavirus and then it slowly became like a, a bit of a thing. And um, then they were talking pretty serious on it. Like, you know, you know how you should always you know go go to the shops and and really bunker down with your food and then prepare for the worst and then uh yeah as it hit um uh, i mean when they started saying that stuff i was already thinking about you know if the gym's closed what am i going to do how am i going to so i was really i was trying to stay one step ahead i'm not sure if i did the best job at that but i feel like it was it was pretty close um so i basically yeah just um got some weights in my garage. Um, I actually got a net in my garage and mirrors and stuff so I could work on my swing. I bought a little putting mat. Um, so yeah, through COVID, I feel like 
I feel like I did a pretty good job on my, um, you know, my um, swing, you know, on my game and my body also. Um, and yeah, I just, I just felt like it was one of those things, you know, you could, uh, there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Like it's, it's, you know, why has this happened to me? It's my, uh, it's supposed to be kind of my rookie, my rookie year, uh, full year as a professional and, you know, this pandemic's, you know, come at the worst time and stuff, or I would be able to, you know, look back at this and maybe next year when I get to play a tournament may get to, you know, come out the other end and lift a trophy and, and look back at it as a blessing. And um, yeah, so I guess my motivation is just, um, yeah, stayed right there. And, and uh, that's how uh, I feel like I've dealt with uh, COVID, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I guess the, you know, ongoing, um, you know, fear of COVID and, and how long it will kind of shut the world down, you know, um, and, and travel restrictions. That's a, that's another hard one um, is, yeah, it's, I guess it's just the fear of the unknown. So uh, hopefully it all uh, clears up soon and we can get back to uh, competing. Yeah, I mean, I, that must be stressful as well, because it seems like, I mean, you see in New Zealand, they're having sporting events again. But, you know, if your goal is to play in the U.S., we're not quite at that point yet. But, <laughs> yes, must be a lot to think about. Um, and so in your rookie year, though, you've become a professional. You signed with a management company called Modest Golf. I have to say, me and Emma are big fans of Nile Horns. So that was really cool <laughs> for us to see. Um, how, uh, what does, like, a management company really do for you guys? And, like, how is that part of being a professional to you? Yeah, so uh, probably the last year of being at uh, Amateur Golf Up before I turned pro, I was, you know, talking to different management companies, um, you know, some in the States and some in Europe and some in Australia, actually. And and uh, trying to, I tried to get as much advice as I could off some of the, you know, more experienced players that are at the end of their career. Um, and uh, I just asked so many questions about you know um, management companies and stuff like that but you know my goal uh what i kind of wanted out of a management company especially just turning pro not having a full tour card was um i, I needed starts and um that's where modest came into it and um the cool thing about modest is um they've never they've never promised anything that um they couldn't you know get written down on a piece of paper which is sometimes a little bit um unusual um uh, some there's some management companies or managers out there that will they'll promise you the world and and not be able to produce so um i just feel like yeah modest is um you know just such a authentic um you know uh, strong management company with a pretty small stable of players but really solid players as well and um yeah after having a meeting with my manager, my now, you know, uh, Mark. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a given that I was kind of going to sign with them. And it is pretty cool, um, you know, Niall uh, owning it as well. <laughs> like, he replied to my stories on Instagram and stuff. It's so, like pretty, pretty crazy. I'm like showing all the boys. Tell <laughs> uh, to answer my DMs too. <laughs> <laughs> it um, it's so uh, going to be cool to hopefully um catch up with Niall one day too um obviously because of COVID I haven't been able to hang out with him but um yeah no he seems like a really really chilled out guy yeah so um especially with Modest with Tyrell Hatton just signing you know he's been 
on a hot streak recently how does that do anything um for like your confidence or like you know that they have now a player who has really made a name for himself yeah for sure and they've had him for a a a while now but he has re-signed and uh it honestly um just seeing any of the modest golf boys um you know excel on the european tour or the u.s tour just really it, it motivates me because you know modest i feel like uh modest have kind of taken a chance on me and uh hopefully one day i'm able to kind of repay them and and lift a few trophies um you know on behalf of them because they are you know um a part of my team obviously um so yeah it's uh it's definitely just motivates me so much um you know seeing seeing them boys play well but it is good yeah I wanted to ask you about the golf challenge that you're working on right now, the project that you're currently working on, and then we'll move into our speed round after that. But go ahead and tell us about the golf challenge for a minute. Yeah, so the golf challenge actually um, is basically a, a, a reality kind of TV show of like four episodes of basically skills challenges. Um, and then it finishes with, so there's a putting challenge on synthetic grass, like fake grass, and then a bunker challenge in like um you know a pot bunker in the backyard of um one of the guys houses and uh it's just it's such a great setup it's um it's pretty much just my dream house so uh (laughs) um, and then it actually finishes off yeah with um you know on the simulator and nearest to the pin competition and the last three holes at pebble beach on the simulator so it's uh it's it's pretty tough um you know um on on the simulator because it's just so so uh it's just so different it's hard to kind of get a gauge on how things how far things are away but um look i think when it is um when it does come out and is broadcasted to these uh you know networks or whatever um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a laugh hopefully and and it was just really cool because we were able to kind of express our personalities and everyone's mic'd up and it's just kind of everyone's just mucking around kind of um throwing some banter around and and just having a lot of fun regardless of the results so it was just uh i met some really cool people and i'm excited to actually say how it turns out so yeah yeah, based on your Instagram stories, it looks like you're in paradise right now. So everybody be sure to check that out to see some awesome golf, hear more from Blake, and yeah, I mean, to see this amazing environment that they're in. But all right, it's time to wrap it up soon. So if you don't mind, we're going to do our speed round real quick. We just have some quick questions that are semi-golf related, um, but there's some fun questions to wrap it up. Emma, you can take it away. All righty. Do you have any superstitions? Superstitions? Um when I was younger, I did. I always used the same marker and stuff and, and little mm-hmm. things like that. But now I just feel like, uh, yeah, I've just worked pretty pretty hard on my game to, uh, you know, give it away to a superstition. So um, I, I feel like, yeah, when I was younger, not so much now. Do you prefer lifting or running? Ooh, lifting, definitely. But um through COVID, I definitely uh, got into a little bit of running, but yeah, I like lifting. That's definitely the most common answer on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, do you have like a specific pregame meal that you eat 
honestly, or pre-round. Yeah, pre-round. Um, <laughs> I don't always do it, but if I had a choice, um, pretty much like if I could have one meal, you know, one breakfast meal for the rest of my my life, it would be, you know, three or four poached eggs on sourdough with avocado, mushrooms, bacon, bit of halloumi. Um, yeah, that's that's the the go. Uh, that sounds great. It's a great choice right there. Alrighty. If you weren't being a golfer, what would your other job be? Um, I would, I'm really into, I love all the, like, um, the little startup business kind of stuff. I, I'm really actually getting into like my fashion and stuff. So hopefully one day I'm able to maybe start up a little, uh, you know, clothing kind of side hustle and release some, um, some of my own designs kind of thing that would be cool that would be super cool i mean and you could get nile wearing it that'd be some great publicity for you (laughs) yeah it's off to a great start already (laughs) um what's like your favorite like hype song or like do you have like a hype playlist that you listen to i tell you actually of late um a young sydney kid but he's in la now he's he raps kind of in an American accent, um, the Kid Leroy. He's a gun. So uh, if you haven't heard him, go check him out, Aussie boy. I'll have to go check him out then. Yeah, your recommendation. <laughs> Alrighty, and I think we just have two more questions. So, uh, who's your favorite golfer, or like who's like a golfer that you look up to a lot? Um, well, he's not around anymore, um, but I would say in the past, um, Ben Hogan. I just love. Mm-hmm. what he's about i wish i was able to see him play um and i have a few of his swing videos on my phone just on repeat pretty much um but of um in this day and age i would say matt jones my coach actually uh has coached him since he was 15 and he's won on the us tour and still plays on the pga tour at the moment so uh definitely jonesy Alrighty, and then lucy i'll let you ask the last question Okay. Okay. Actually, wait, hold on. I think we have two more questions because oh, we, okay. decided, Sorry. we do have to ask you what your favorite Niall Horan song is. The fans need to know. Oh, actually, no, I've been, I've been, uh, yeah, wearing that, that new album out actually. Um, San Francisco. That's my that favorite. is a good song. Oh my God. Wow. He's not uh, a bandwagon. No, I really thought you were going to come through with like slow hands or something really popular, but San Francisco is a sleeper. All right. Day, day one. Day one. one. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty. And then our last question. We ask this to end every episode. If they're okay, later down the line, you made it pro. You absolutely you won the masters, everything. So they're making a sports <laughs> drama about your life. Grand Who slam. Is going to play Blake Windred. Who is going to play Blake Windred? Um, um that's a great one. Maybe uh Maybe Chris Hemsworth? No. Nah. <laughs> 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 uh, Maybe one day, yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. I will definitely be watching it then if Chris Hemsworth is in it for sure. <laughs> no questions oh, asked on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Blake. We've learned so much. I've learned so much about the sport of golf in general and about you. Um, it's been great to meet you. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me on and um I'll, I'll come back anytime. Oh, we'd love to have you back on. All right. Well, thank you, Blake. Yes, thank you.
How about that, guys? An amazing guest with some amazing stories. Yeah, absolutely. It was so interesting to hear, I mean, just like a different perspective, because in the U.S., the, really the only way to get to professional sports is through college. And this podcast is about that, but it's definitely interesting to get that worldview as well. Yeah, hearing how they do it down under, learning about just the way, and especially with a smaller sport like golf, it was it was amazing to hear. Yeah, super interesting. And just also, yeah, the fact that he's Australian, pretty cool. Maybe my mom actually listened to this episode just for the accent. Well, she needs a little bit more than just, you know, just us. She's, she spends a lot of time with me anyway. I'll, I'll give that to her. Um, unlike Josh's mom, she's always out here responding to everything on social media, listening to every episode. Shout out to Queen Beth. Shout out to my mom. You know, we got some great moms either way. But back to Blake. It was great hearing from him, learning about everything he's gone through doing and looking forward to doing and how he's just on the up and up through his career. Yeah, absolutely amazing guest. I never knew that golf could be so interesting and I'm so glad that we had him on. Everybody make sure to go follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Blake Windred. Um, you can join Niall Horn in his following. I mean, what? why would you not want to share another quality with Niall Horn? Either way, while you're at it, make sure you drop a follow wherever you're listening, Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else as well as on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Make sure you're following us for both our Friday releases so you know who we're talking to the next Tuesday and so you're notified when we drop on Tuesdays. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So until next Tuesday or Friday, if you're following us, we can't wait to talk to you guys again. And everybody stay safe and have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Bye.